Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way. Back again with you guys for another episode. I'm joined by Kaya Kainak. How are you doing, mate? You good? You well? Yeah, I'm all right, mate. Thank you. How about yourself? Yes, not bad. Uh, I think it's uh, overall, there's a slight dip in the tone of our voices this week after a disappointing Monday evening, but uh, we soldier on uh, as Arsenal certainly will try to do uh, this week without Kieran Tierney, who of course was confirmed to Mal and be missing for the rest of the season with a knee injury. How big of a blow is this, Kaya, and, and how big of a blow could it be for the long term as well? Huge. Um, Tierney's been massive for Arsenal recently, obviously. Um, playing a slightly different role from what we're used to seeing. He's been playing a slightly more defensive role and that's allowed the attack on the right-hand side, I think, to really sort of pop in a way that we've seen with uh, Odegaard, Saka, all looking really good. Lacazette drifting that way a bit as well. Um, yeah, I think he's been essential to that, to that balance of the team. And I think he got a lot of criticism for maybe not doing the whole overlapping stuff as much as we're used to. But I think we really see now, especially after Monday night, um, how much of a good player he is and, and how well he's done this season in what's been quite a demanding role for him. And yeah, he's going to be a, a massive miss until the end of the season. Yeah, he is. Um, I think that Cedric as well, obviously, has shown to be much more adventurous with Tierney playing in that role too. And we've, we've seen so many goals of Arsenal's come from that right-hand side this this last couple of months. And he's been a big part of that, maybe going under the radar uh, because of that role. But it was definitely emphasised on Monday night how important he is. And now we are in a situation where we need to talk about what, do Arsenal do uh, with this position? Because, of course, obviously, before the game, it was like, well, Tierney's out, Tavares comes in. But we know from that game, it, it is not as simple as that because for the second start in a row, I think, he's had to get withdrawn before the second half starts. And Granit Xhaka went to left-back, which is something that we saw last season and ultimately was one of the reasons why the end of our season kind of curtailed like it did as well because we just weren't able to be as adventurous and controlling in the midfield certainly without Xhaka there um, but he's not the only option as well and so we've got a number of things that we can discuss we'll start with Tavares do you is there an element for you that makes you think that if we do drop him for say Brighton it's a massive blow to the kid's confidence um, and another example of maybe where you know, we've looked at mismanagement of certain players in the last couple of years that not everyone has been managed in in the best way possible. Would this be another example if he's dropped? Yeah, it would be a blow to his confidence for sure. Um, he doesn't look like he's playing with much confidence at the minute. You think back to that mm. game against Newcastle where he had something like eight shots. Um, yeah. You can't imagine doing anything similar like that now. You can't imagine him playing with the level of confidence required to do something like that. I just don't think it will... It will work for him. That said, though, uh, it's a crunch time of the season. Like Arsenal need points. The top four race is very tight. They cannot afford to, to drop points right now. And if playing Nuno Tavares means they're more likely to drop points, then Mikel Arteta has to do what's best for the team. He's got that tricky balance to, to strike between, obviously, the short term, which is winning the next game and the game after that, and the long term, which is obviously a 21-year-old or 22-year-old sorry, guy now um, who is going to be possibly in the Arsenal squad for years to come. So... Yeah, there's a tough balance to strike. Um, I think it's tricky for Tavares because the way the team plays since he was last in it has changed a lot. Uh, back then, it was sort of like the 4-2-3-1 slash 4-4-2. sort of like Lacazette playing like a, a 10 and a half, 9 and a half mm. kind of thing. And that worked really well for Tavares because Xhaka was, well, it wasn't Xhaka, it was Sammy in a double pivot with Party. They covered for him. Tomiyasu was in the side, so they had that balance between the fullbacks and it just about works now. I don't think it works as well. We saw that on Monday night because 
Arsenal's left back is asked to do a lot more defending, which I think we all know isn't Tavares' game. He's much better at sort of going up and down the left wing, putting in crosses, being involved in the final third. And at times he's not the most defensively switched on. We saw that really for the second goal as well. So it's tricky for Tavares. Um, it would be a massive blow to his confidence, but I don't know if it's sort of a horrible decision to make, but one that, that might be necessary for Arsenal if they're, if they're going to claim top four. We'll have to see. Yeah, we will have to see because there's also the argument that to get the best out of him or to see, you know, his offensive capabilities like accelerated to the max that we switch to a back three and he plays in a wing back position, which would give him the security or Ben White plays at right back and we bring Rob Holding into that right centre back to kind of add that balance. Do you think that if Tavares plays, we can afford to still keep Cedric as, as the right back? Or do you think there needs to be either a shift in formation or a shift in the decision who goes at right back? I think if um, if Tavares plays, then yeah, there probably does have to be a change in the balance. I think Cedric is is really good and has been really good for the past few mm. weeks, but I just don't know um, if the two can play together in the same side in the current guise of Arsenal's four three three setup. You could maybe tweak the setup so have it as a four two three one. Then you could probably have um, Cedric and Tavares in there together, or like you mentioned. The back three could possibly work. My issue with the back three, and I've written a piece on this, and I'd encourage you all to, to go give it a read when you're when you're done with this. But um, my issue with the back three is that sort of you're probably going to have to drop one of Erdegaard, Saka, Martinelli, Smith Rowe, those kind of guys to make it work. Do you really want to sacrifice the attacking play for that defensive solidity? Then, if you want to switch Ben White over to right back and keep Nuno at left back you lose White sort of dribbling from the back and how important that is for breaking down opposition defences in Arsenal's game against Burnley, that nil-nil draw. I think Arsenal really missed having Ben White, someone who could sort of drive through the midfield and really just break open a, a, a deep block. So no option right now is ideal. Every option has its drawback. Every option has a few positives, but I can't... I'm struggling because I don't see that many options that are sort of where the positives outweigh the negatives. For me, mm. um, I, I'd look to sort of try and get Tavares in the sides, keep Cedric at right back, but switch the whole midfield. So moving Jacker in sort of that left half space role he played last season, did it really well, have Sambi alongside him if Barty's not fit, and then maybe you can look at that, but nothing's ideal right now. No, nothing is ideal at all at the moment. Um, and that's when we start to get into some unideal options. Uh, granted, Jacker obviously played at left back for the second half. Is this a viable option if it isn't to be Tavares? For me, no. Um, you take Xhaka away from his comfort zone. It's weird because you sort of put him in his comfort zone while taking him away from his comfort zones, if that makes sense. So obviously that he's a player who likes to be a bit deeper and have the game in front of him so he can scan the play and sort of dictate from deep. He said as much in a press conference last season. He's been playing a much more advanced role recently in that sort of left-sided eight. So putting him at left-back, the way Arsenal play with those inverted full-backs would mean that he sort of comes in field into that defensive half space effectively acting as a sort of third centre-back or a, a sort of third midfielder in the 2-3-5 setup when Arsenal are in um, are in possession. Sorry, it's quite hard to uh, mm. sort of visualise this for, for viewers without necessarily having too many um, screen grabs or wisecap stuff or like that with us, but um, I'm doing my best. But uh, yeah, Xhaka would, would play in that position, so he'd like that. That said, um, a left-back isn't just sort of being on the ball and looking pretty in possession, you have to be able to defend in transition. That's something Tom Yasu is fantastic at. He's a great 1v1 defender. He's really quick as well. Uh, Xhaka is not very quick and he's mm. not the best 1v1 defender. So we saw this last season when Arsenal played Villarreal in the in the Europa League semi-final first leg. Chukwese just 
tore into pieces. And yeah, do you want that to happen again? If if he plays against I don't know Chelsea, uh, the idea of Reese James, Hakim Ziyech going up against him, Mason Mount, um, plenty of other Chelsea players, Pulisic if they put him over on that side, all going up against and targeting Jacker, that worries me. And I think sort of if you expose Jacker like that, he's prone to. Uh, mistakes and errors, which I don't necessarily think are his fault because that's not really his position. But um, yeah, that would be my main issue with it. It, it could work, but I, I can I think the the negatives outweigh the positives on that one. The last option uh, is obviously dependent upon his return. Um, but Takahiro Tomiyasu is expected to return to training after Southampton. Uh, he has played at left back. I've just written a piece that's just gone out about this now. Uh, he played there twice for Bologna. Um, they drew both games against Spezia and against Torino, 2-2 and 1-1. He was at fault for one of the goals uh, against Spezia. He was caught out of position um, and they were able to run in behind player through ball in behind the space where he should have been occupying and, and you know, they scored. But obviously that was two years ago. He's developed a lot more since then. He's improved since then. He's at a Premier League level. And as you said, his, his one-on-one defending has improved a hell of a lot. But he has got versatility. And if he does return, say, ahead of you know the games against West Ham and Chelsea and Man United, etc., which are the, the big games after the Southampton fixture, do you think there's an argument that either one of, say, him or Cedric goes into that left-back slot? I think of the two, you're probably looking at Cedric going in at left-back just because he mm. played there more frequently and um in terms of the balance he'd be able to get forward much more um if you're gonna have to do that it's tricky isn't it because tommy asu is a great player but he's been out for quite a while and you really don't want to risk aggravating his injury any further you want to manage that return right but at the same time again like we spoke about at the start of the the, the show sort of managing the the long term with the short term is really difficult so you don't want him to to aggravate any calf problems which he's had which he has done in the past when he was rushed back from the initial car problem that he had all the way back in January for that Liverpool mm. game and I think we're, we're all sort of if we could go back in time we probably wouldn't play him in that match because it turned out to not be very important in the end in the grand scheme of yeah. things but now he's been out for four months and you know do you really want to throw someone who's been out for four months straight back into the deep end out of position personally I wouldn't want to do that especially against the attacks of teams like West Ham Chelsea United all very difficult opponents for for Tommy Asu to come up against, and yeah, it's going to be it's going to be hard for him. Arsenal need him back as soon as possible, but at the same time, they they don't need him out for even longer. So it's a very difficult balance to strike. I suppose one choice that Tony brings up in the chat that not many people have mentioned is could we put Saka at left back? We could then play Pepe up front or get the Smith on. We would lose some skill up front, or do you think that has some? He hasn't really got those defensive abilities that he did when he first broke into the team. It's a lovely reference to the Smith. I haven't heard that in a while. I missed it. Um, yeah, if you put Saka at left back, you lose a lot in attack, is my thing. So um, yeah. he's obviously joint top scorer this season. Probably Arsenal's most consistent attacking threat. Arguably Arsenal's best player in the final third. And uh, would you really want to take him away from the attacking end of the pitch? Personally, I wouldn't. He is a good, he's a decent enough 1v1 defender. He's quick as well. So he's got recovery pace to make up for it um, if he is caught out of position on that left-hand side. And he would effectively do an impersonation of what Tierney did last season, just overlapping mm. the left winger, whipping in crosses. It, it can work. But at the same time, you're then asking Cedric to play a more defensive role to accommodate that. And also Arsenal's sort of right side of the attacking bias that we mentioned at the start with Erdogan and Saka on that right wing then suddenly gets disrupted and the whole Arsenal attack has to change just to accommodate Saka moving back to left back. So it's all it's all sort of Jenga and you pull one piece out, the whole thing crumbles. It's very difficult with this Arsenal squad being as thin as it is, the balances you have to strike. I, I personally wouldn't let to move Saka away from the opposition goal. I think Arsenal 
need to score goals and players like Lacazette really aren't scoring. I think 17 hours now Lacazette's gone without a goal. 17 over. games, yeah, without a yeah. goal from open play. Yeah. Madness. So I wouldn't look to to rely even heavy even more heavily on him for goals by taking Saka further away from the opposition goal. Yeah, Steve Stone says, I think changing to a back three at home against Brighton is too negative an approach. Away at the bridge is a different conversation, though. Sam says, we have to just do the back four with Nuno left and let him bomb up the pitch and switch to a three whilst he's in the opposition half. We've just uh, got a poll going in the chat box as well. If you haven't already voted on that, please make sure you do. 65% of people have chose Tavares to play at left back. Uh, Xhaka has got 6% and Tomiyasu, when he returns, 29% percent so Tavares clearly the outright favorite it seems and to be honest just to round things off I think that is what will happen on on Saturday I think Tavares will continue at left back in my view because of obviously the Partey situation had Partey been fit uh, fully fit and him and Lukonga could have played it would have been interesting to see if Xhaka may have played in that left back role but I think that Partey's absence possibly we still are waiting confirmation and I'm sure we hear more about that from the press conference this week which should be a <clears throat> You'll be able to watch on the channel, excuse me. But uh, I think it's uh, it's probably going to be Tavares, isn't it? Yeah, I, I would guess so too. Um, but it would be Tavares with tweaks to the midfield. So I think Jacker will play a much more conservative role to allow Nuno to attack more, just so he's not so exposed as we saw on Monday night. I think it was I think he was kind of thrown to the wolves a little bit in the way that Arteta tried to get him to play. Because um, that's not his mm. game. We all know we know Nuno well enough now to know that he's not um, he's not really a defensive left back he's an offensive left back so to ask him to suddenly change his whole game against one of the sort of the trickiest set of wingers in the Premier League that Crystal Palace have I think that was a lot and if you're going to play him at left back you really need to try and make it so that he's capable and given a platform to play at his best for me that means having Jacker or Sambi or whoever it is just covering him that little bit deeper in that sort of left half space and allowing him to attack more because otherwise it's just too big a risk. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if uh, next season we see some youth players coming through. We know that Lino Souza is doing really well for the under-23s. Only 17 he is, and it does kind of go to show the the level of, of quality coming through at Highlands. And Brooke Norton Cuffey on the other side as well. There's a bright future ahead for Arsenal's youth team. But Kaya, thank you so much for joining me. Really appreciate you coming on. Tell people they can find you and what you've got coming up. My pleasure. Um, thank you for having me on. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Kayakana97. I'm also on Facebook, Kayakana Journalist. And yeah, on the London website is where you can follow um, all my articles. You can read that piece I've done on the left-back options. You can read the piece Tom has done on uh, Tommy Asi playing left-back. You can read uh, pieces I've got coming up on the solutions Arsenal have at Striker, potentially something on Thomas Party as well and how Arsenal cope without him if he's out for this weekend. And then obviously all the build-up to Brighton this Saturday press conference is on Friday, I believe, this week. And yeah, then we'll be we'll be bringing you all the build up to that. So keep an eye on football on the website for all the other good stuff. Absolutely. And you'll be able to get all of the reaction to Mikel Arteta's press conference, previewing the game against Brighton with, of course, the predicted lineups, the desired lineups as well, even, and more reaction after the game has completed when hopefully we've picked up all three points with Nuno Tavares bagging himself a hat trick. Would be absolutely wonderful. So uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Join us tomorrow morning, of course, at 10 a.m. for the Arsenal Agenda Show. Thank you again to Kaya. Thank you to Guy in the background. And we'll see you again very, very soon and keep following us down the Arsenal way. <laughs>